to Welcome to What the Truck. I'm Dooner here with the dude, Michael Vincent. Peace and love, everybody, from a beautiful day in Chattanooga here in the heart of Freight Alley. Dooner, my brother, how are you? Speaking of Chattanooga, I don't know if you oh. noticed when you're driving in, but right there on Market Street, they're starting to put up the big snowflakes on yeah, uh, all yeah, the light yeah. poles and everything. Yeah, I saw that. I love this time of year. Love e- Christmas. I, th- I think because a lot of people have to cancel Thanksgiving or they're not going to see family, everyone's kind of in this mad rush to be like, all right, let's just put the Christmas decorations down. Let's just let's just look ahead to uh, yeah, Christmas and to New Year's. Go right for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we're still oh, going to yeah. stay festive. So we have a, a couple of holiday-themed shows coming up. We have a Black Friday show on the 27th. So a lot of you, you're not going away for the holidays. We'll be here with you on Friday the 27th. It won't be an off day for us. But then... Then, on December 14th, Monday, December 14th, it's a very what-the-truck Christmas. Right here on the show, we have a ton of fun in store for you on that episode. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. We'll even get into logistics of Christmas trees. And you see that? It's like an action movie. Look, just carrying that tree right over to the location here. I don't know if flying it in on your helicopter. I would, right? I would, is it? Like cliffhanger, man. <laughs> cliffhanger to the Christmas tree edition. Slide. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> do you like so do you like a good Christmas special? When I was a kid growing up, I always loved it when your favorite, you know, sitcom or whatever, you know, Facts of Life or uh, Growing Pains, for example. Like Growing Pains of this episode where they brought this kid in their house. And my memory wants me to say that it's Leonardo DiCaprio, but I've been looking it up and <laughs> it seems like it may have been a girl, even a homeless girl. But as a kid, it just to me it was like, oh my god, they brought this girl in and she stole all of the Christmas gifts. Yeah, I can't remember. If it, I want to say Leonardo now that you said that, but I think it was the girl. Yeah. I, it was, that was my initial reaction was that, but now they're saying Leonardo. I remember him being on I, I love a good Christmas special, but I always tended to go towards like the variety show ones or like Dean Martin's uh, you know, Christmas special from SeaWorld. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or, you know, George Burns with Bob Hope is, is those, those type of things. I always love those, but I have to watch them, you know, and Freddie, Freddie, the freeloaders Christmas dinner. Ooh. Remember Red Skelton? No, this is a little before my time. Uh, just barely. Yeah. I mean, it was right. 81. Yeah, I was two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, wow, you're a young girl. <laughs> yeah, I was two. You're not aged well. Hey, we have a, <laughs> just kidding. We have a few people. Like, Rhonda, she says, happy Friday. Brandon Ferrer says, oh, yeah. Die B, she says, uh, my volume was up to 82. I literally just jumped out of my chair. Nice <laughs> intro. Amanda Miller says, happy Friday. Hey, everyone, thanks for joining us today. We're going to have a great show. We're going to be talking about uh, Trucker's Final Mile. We're going to talk to Robert yeah. Palm from there. If you joined us on Monday, you heard the story. You heard the struggles of them bringing deceased drivers home for the holidays. And also helping the children of deceased drivers, making sure that they have presents under the Christmas tree. We'll, uh, we'll have the most metal, or it might be contested by Trent Zubery, but we'll have maybe yeah. the most metal uh, play it forward on this show when Hammer Hands comes on. That's going to be exciting. He also works on a dock, that guy, with uh, Crosstalk Systems. We're also going to have Jeff Booth from Open Dock. He's going to talk about the KPIs and data that makes docks and goods flow. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that battle awesome covers stuff. it, right? Yeah, we do. All right. So <laughs> should we great. tip the band? Then we'll yeah, get into it. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Oh, by the way, one other holiday special oh. that's out there. Disney Plus. So, guys, tonight on Disney Plus, after you watch The Mandalorian, because I know you're going to do that, too, watch the Lego holiday special. It's much better than the original uh, Life Day holiday. <laughs> do you remember that from the 70s, the Star Wars Christmas special? Yeah. 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 Not the best. Not the best. Not the best. Not a whole lot of things were the best back All right. On the, on the road and off of it, the Axle Fuel Card has got your back. Get the credit you need to keep your fleet trucking, plus loyalty points and rewards are waiting at the next stop. Get approved at AxleFuelCard.com. Subject to credit approval. And terms and conditions may apply. Visit them directly after the show. 
All right, let's get to the headlines. And right now it's time, because it's Friday, to get into the DHL Supply Chain Pricing Power Index. And this week it asks, can L.A. and Dallas lead the spot market higher? They've been considerably more expensive than many other lanes at the moment. A lot of peaking over there. But... Altogether, the whole of the freight market is now up to an 85. It was an 80 last week, uh, and the three-month outlook is also an 85. For those of you not familiar, the DHL Supply Chain Pricing Power Index uses analytics found within our data platform, Sonar, to analyze the market. 100 is full pricing power to the carrier, zero to the shipper. So 85, very, very strong. Uh, I believe 85 is the highest this index has ever hit. It's because tender and tender rejections rose this week, and if spot rates continue... The succinct but lagging dance. With tender rejections, we should see spot rates inflate over the next two weeks. Also, Thanksgiving week, just a week away, drivers will be seeking freight and backhauls that drive them towards their home, which could put rejections and spot rates higher, especially if you're out of uh, out of range of where they need to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely, right? So, yeah, but, this, you know, consumer spending has been really helping to drive it, this freight all, all year long as, as we've been watching it very, very closely. But, you know, you've got that potential risk that's coming up with, you know, consumer spending. Uh, you know, is there a failure to pass a, a, a stimulus after the first of the year? Uh, consumers, I got a you know, question for you. Not yeah. to jump into to politics. And all it's right. almost annoying that you always have to, like, put <laughs> not to jump into politics in brackets on every single statement but. you make. But... <laughs> Do you think that we're, we'll be closer to a stimulus under a new administration? It got held up before. Is it just going to be fighting from the other side now? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think we are just because we're out of election season. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, new, a different, different, uh, you know, regime and or not, I don't think is is much the matter. I think it's just election season's over. Nobody needs nobody wants to cave right before a, an election season. So yeah. I think I think we're good. Um Spot rates, too. Spot rates are high, right? 289 on a national average. They're up 13% year over year. Rates have been positive on a yearly basis since mid-June and have recently accelerated as carriers have been rejecting tenders at uh, 20% plus rates. And I believe that the, uh, what, this week we're we're near another all-time high at 27.84 on the tender rejections, which means more than one in four shipments are being booted. Yeah, 27.84. This has got to be close to what we're thinking could be a natural ceiling, yeah. right? It doesn't go much above that because then you start getting into the just pushing it. Yeah, I would think you would see tender lead time start to advance out more and more days as they just get used to the fact that, hey, I can't pick it up in two days or three days. It's going to be four or five, right? You know, we've been talking about human goods. Our next headline here, we've been talking about human goods driving it, people buying retail goods driving freight. Well, don't forget about uh, Rover over there. Don't forget about your four-legged friends. There's a great article by Brian Strait on FreightWaves.com that's talking about how COVID drove new challenges in dog food supply. And look at all those wonderful dogs there. Those are from our FreightWaves family. But as consumers search frantically for toilet paper, paper towels, and other essentials in the springs, store shelves laid bare, right? Logistics networks face log jams and disruptions, the likes of which they hadn't seen in years, if ever. Once the initial disruptions from COVID faded away, though, and supply chains adjusted potential shorts of another came to light dog food tell us about it yeah that's absolutely right food uh pet food suppliers saw a sudden surge for their products as americans suddenly you know what happened was uh, americans uh stranded at home started adopting pets at a dizzying rate and yeah. yes dizzying rate is pretty accurate uh td ameritrade survey released in august and conducted between april and june found that 33 percent of americans considered fostering or adopting a pet now they considered it but here's some proof and putting many sh- shelters across u.s reported no animals available for for adoption in the spring and, and early summer 
that's pretty, that, that's pretty sweet. And uh, the ASCPA reported the number of animals entering shelters between March and June dropped from, what was it, 840,750 in 2019 to 548,966 in 2020. Isn't that the ASPCA? I know it says that. I know it says ASPCA. I think it's the ASPCA. I know that's my brain I, wants to say that. I, 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 my, maybe there's another team. organization. I don't know, that's why I was struggling with hey, it. Hey, so I got, I got a thing for you here, though. So yeah. record adoptions, but, you know, dogs, puppies, not the not always the easiest to take care of. So I just hope that there's not a record number of returns of dogs or, or <laughs> yeah. dogs, an influx of dogs coming into shelters. That could overwhelm shelters as well. But Global Trans, they're a large uh, pet products uh, supply mover, right? They move a lot of freight for, mm-hmm. for that industry. They saw a 300% increase in freight volumes just for pet food alone. The company uh, couldn't supply the necessary products out of its two existing plants. This one that worked with Global Trans and had to start sourcing from other locations. And that placed pressure on Global Trans to secure capacity in locations it hadn't previously. Working with your partners, you've got to be flexible, especially yeah. in the time of COVID. And uh, they said uh, people were buying more pet food, but you didn't hear that at the beginning of the pandemic when people were buying toilet paper. The pet food example shows how freight lanes can change very quickly. Also, pet food, very heavy. It is very, it is very, very heavy, and it's something nobody ever even thought about. All these we're seeing as some stories about these ancillary things or, or things you never think about, right? Yeah. That were that were severely affected by the pandemic. It's very interesting. You know who thinks about it all the time, though? Our next guest, <laughs> Jeff Booth, because not only did he used to work for Global Trans, but his company, the one he works with now, Open Doc, they look at doc data and KPIs. They get the data hiding behind the doc doors. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot for having me, and uh, I also worked at PetSmart, so this is a near Ooh. and dear topic to my heart. Ooh, maybe you can help us shed some insight on this one, but first got to answer a question, because you are in Phoenix, Arizona. I stayed up a little past my bed. Actually, I'm lying. I fell asleep on the couch and had to see the result at like <laughs> 3 in the morning when I woke up to go to the bathroom, but your Cardinals lost last night. I was pulling for them. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough game for them. Uh, came down to the wire and uh, sacked to end the game. Never how you want to go out. But they're doing better than expected, and we got something to cheer for here. Wow. So I had so he was on Put That Coffee Down. And, and if you want to look it up on Podcast Players Everywhere, Put That Coffee Down or Freightcast. But he joined Kevin Hill and I on, on Wednesday of this week. We got some great background on him. And what I learned is he's looked at data from so many different angles, not just from the, the warehouse perspective, but he was also optimizing data for movie theaters and for organic grocers as well. Wow. That's yeah. incredibly interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that well, is that's fun, nerdy data things. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, what can you tell us? What can you tell us? A little, tell us a little bit about Open Doc, and then maybe we'll uh, talk from. Since we just talked about pet food, maybe you can give us some KPIs on that, and we can work through pet food. Yeah. So, Open Doc is a doc scheduling appointment scheduling tool, and we actually think that's a good linchpin to a lot of data. So, I'd always seen things like on time percentage and wonder where that metric came from. Um, and I thought, how did they get that? We don't even have an appointment time. If you don't have a time, how do you know when someone's on time? And those are some of the things we do by having an appointment time, capturing in and out times. We create really cool data such as on time percentage and uh, dwell time and really give the opportunity to create a really functioning carrier scorecard. That's really interesting stuff. What are some of the other KPIs that you look at there? And, and well, actually, specifically in dwell times, what do you learn from the dwell times that you guys look at? Dwell time is fantastic to look at it and we break it down a couple different ways one just looking at a facility over time seasonality right you can tell when they get backed up or when they have operational challenges because you see their dwell times go up 30 40 percent but you can also look at the time of day that occurs is there something going on in the morning shift do they have other things going on or is it certain load types 
So then you start getting into, well, what causes that for that load type? Is it packed incorrectly? And Dooner was teaching us about the garment industry and maybe that's a component. So learning about the different types of freight and how that can impact dwell time is, is really important. What are the hidden inefficiencies behind the dock that your data reveals that, that uh, I think a lot of warehouse managers may not be thinking about? Yeah, I think if you ask anyone anecdotally, they, they kind of know when their warehouse is busy and what's going on, but it seems to not come to life till you see the numbers. So you might realize that your, your load times are really tough in the morning or your dwell times, and then you start looking at it and you realize you're just understaffed. 80% of your shipments might come in from 8 to 11 a.m., but you're just doing the standard staffing model where you have people spread out as if you're getting them evenly throughout the day. And so you start to unpack how they're allocating resources to get to those vehicles. That's interesting stuff. And when you look at these things, you've got it down to the actual door, right? Yeah. I would imagine you, you've got it down to the actual door. And so, you know, you got things that come into play, like maybe design of the warehouse and s- certain things. And like you said, the inside stuff. What are some of the other positives and negatives that you guys find uh, with this data that can be worked through in, in you know, business case scenarios? So you nailed it on uh, the warehouse design, right? If they start measuring how many pallets they can take at one time and you start seeing that maybe the first shipment of every day is on time and has a one hour dwell time. But as they go throughout the day, it starts expanding. And that's how you find the insight that you just mentioned. You realize they're backing up inside and it takes time for them to clear that space to get to the next truck. And so you actually realize, oh, wow, we need to process. They either helps move this area along or we need to use other dock doors to, to spread that out. And so we don't get those bottlenecks. Speaking of behavior, you know, data is great, but a lot of this stuff has to be used as a teaching tool, right? Because we have to actually change what the humans are doing that actually drive this data. Data is just a capture point. So a lot of warehouses, you always hear from drivers, right? My mm-hmm. On Twitter, they're like, I showed up at five in the morning at this place. My, my end time is whenever. But those docs typically are free-for-alls, right? Because right. what happens is that even though they set appointment times, those docs don't stand by them, and it's always first come, first serve, which causes major problems, especially when you're talking about asymmetric types of freight. Like, I worked in the garment industry, and you could get a trailer full of sweaters that are all in boxes, easy to unload, pretty standard. But then you'd also get coats that were garments on hangers which would take about four times as long to unload and to go to a different part of the warehouse, which creates different bottlenecks. It's not mm-hmm. going to the right dock door with the, you know, with Vinny in the warehouse who's better at pulling out the, the, the GAH freight, that kind of stuff. How do you work with teams to make sure that their behavior changes too so the data improves? Yeah, so you, hi- you highlighted a really good point about each product type being different. That's one of the flexibilities we allow in our system. If we had something like yours and we would ask, the, the carrier who's scheduling the appointment, hey, do you have garments on hanger? And maybe the duration for that load type is three hours as opposed to one hour for non-hanger and start to take that into account. But when you can start organizing your data and dwell time by that, you can start to identify the issues you're describing. Sometimes, we, you know, you said four times longer to unload the garment on hanger. It's easy to say that. And sometimes people are like, oh yeah, you just need to get faster. But when you see the true numbers of it, it makes it real, and I think it forces management and people to make strategic decisions using the, the numbers. Everyone wants to be quantitative, and that helps kind of support everything that you see uh, as you observe it. So I imagine that this this data, we're talking about operations at the actual location, right? And, and maybe a little bit step further is 
Do they score themselves, and how does this work outside of the actual warehouse in dealing with, carrier, say, carrier relations, either uh, scheduling those carriers, like you said, uh, but working with them, working through issues of dwell times where they claim they've been there for five hours, but they've yeah. really only been there for an hour and a half, and they're well within inside their, their time frame? Yeah, I think I've always thought of it as uh, a bit of a triangle of you have a transportation team, your warehouse team, and then your carrier broker and those those didn't always connect. The the transportation team hires the carrier and driver, and they deliver to the warehouse. But the warehouse and transportation team never seem to talk to each other, even if they're at the same company. And giving them data like this allows them to pass that along and truly make a carrier scorecard. I always found it weird the carrier scorecard would come from a transportation team. They have no clue if that carrier is doing a good job. They weren't there at the delivery. They didn't see if the freight was damaged, if it was stacked right, you know, if they showed up on time. And I feel like we can help connect those dots by actually having data for it. You know what always becomes in vogue? Strike a pose. Uh, <laughs> what always becomes in vogue, though, when, when capacity is tight is shipper of choice, right? Nobody yeah. cares about it when, when freight's easy to get. But when yeah. it gets tight, people care. Is this a good en enhancement or a good selling point towards you being a shipper of choice by having uh, this data to back the efficiency of your dock? We really believe in that. And when I go through and look at, I pay a lot of attention to your guys' uh, your awards that you put out, Shipper of Choice, Efficiency. And it's exciting to see that we have a couple names of our clients on that list. I would like to keep going and think in order to do those effectively, you really need a dock scheduling tool. Um, and then I also, you guys put it in your Sonar FreightWaves product. You, you have dwell time in there. Um, and I would like to continue to improve our data, capture more warehouses and become a source for that so warehouses can actually scorecard each other and see how they perform compared to others in the industry, others in their region, and actually feed that information into a, a great product like Sonar. Hey, Jeff, we're, we have about two minutes left. So just going back to this dog food thing, do you track any uh, dog food warehouses or warehouses that handle a lot of this, this dog food freight? Are you noticing what we were talking about earlier, that there's been an increase in dog food being shipped because people aren't going to grocery stores to buy it? Yeah, so I'm I'm seeing a little bit, as you were talking, I tried to pull it up, and we do have a few uh, large pet food providers, and I can see their appointment volume surging a uh, little past the pandemic. So April, May, June, I can see their appointment volumes upticking. It's hard because I don't know where it's going. I don't know if they're going to e-com and then final mile direct to the customer, or if they're just sending it to retail stores who are doing buy online pickup. But I can tell that they're selling more pet food, it would seem, because their appointments are going up. Wow. Hey, Jeff, where do we send people to to learn more about your services and, you know, to become a shipper of choice and make their dock efficient finally? Help the drivers out. They don't want to be in dwell time, do yeah, they? Right. No. no, they don't. No, they don't. Right. I think the phrase is happy driver, happy life, right? Yeah. That's, that's the common <laughs> yeah, that phrase. Right. Opendock.com. Right. That's where you can find everything you want. Opendock.com. We're happy to help. Wow. Well, hey, thank you very much. Take it easy. Have a great weekend and have a happy holidays, Jeff. Thanks a lot for the time, guys. Thanks, Jeff. So DJ Jarvis is in our comments and he says, hey. I live by the Purina manufacturing plant in Fearborn, Georgia, and the whole damn town smells like dog food. It's just in the air. <laughs> That's like parts of Pittsburgh. If you're in parts of Pittsburgh, it smells like ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> it does. Um, but, but yeah, I yeah. guess this whole town smells like dog food because of it. A lot of people in the comments saying that, you know, they have dogs. Uh, Catherine Whitehouse says a huge increase in our dog lately for delivery to pet retail stores. Yeah, I mean, apparently, did you folks in the comments, did you all adopt dogs too? Uh, my parents yeah. got a dog. I didn't adopt a dog this year. A lot of the dogs that we showed earlier were not necessarily adopted dogs. They're just pets of FreightWaves people. Do you, yeah. Did you get a dog this year? I did not. Okay, you didn't. Maybe no. you guys in the comments did though. 
Parents got that chibi in you. Beautiful dog. Well, let's talk to, <laughs> uh, let's talk to Bob Boosies from Sales and Operations at BWS Logistics. He's requested to come on the show, face the wheel of stupid questions. But before we get there, we'll find out a little bit about what makes Bobby tick. What's up, Rob? Robbie, let's bring Robbie's uh, volume up. Uh, Robbie, get no audio. We need, we, need, we, we need Rob to get some audio. They're going to work with him on that. So Excellent. So Bob Boosie, he's, a, he's actually a longtime fan, too. He's one of those ones like, yeah. uh, you know, like Toy Story, the claw game. Yeah, the claw. That's yeah. Right. So he's one of the one I see him in the comments all the time. He's commented. I looked into his background. I said, "Hey, you'd be a great." And candidate that makes him like the claw game. For the yeah, just like you know, out of the audience. <laughs> where, so where what the truck is the claw machine, right? Oh, okay. And then the people in the comments are the like the aliens in the machine. And oh, then okay. you know where the, the then when you bring them up, that's the claw hand coming oh, down, putting them up on stage. The claw with us. decides who will come and who will go. The claw decides exactly who's going <laughs> to you. come and who to go. I got you. By the way, he has like one of those uh, changing, like those Japanese changing things behind him. You oh, think we'll little, see someone like in a silhouette? A silhouette? Screen? Yeah. When we you get think him up here. You think he'll do the interview from behind there, so we could. Maybe, maybe that's where he's going now. Maybe that's where the like microphone is uh, the, is hiding behind the snake and golden child. Well, I got to tell you, also, we have one story we didn't get to in headlines, too. This is an oh. interesting one. Will they, fix his, uh, will they fix his audio? But so drones, right? They're starting to use drones more often. And I yeah. read this story, and I'm not sure exactly what I thought about it. Because they're saying, because this seems like more of a one-off use case thing, but he said Texas Walmart uses drones to deliver COVID-19 tests, right? Yeah. Our own Noy Mahoney says Walmart announced Tuesday a drone delivery program for at-home COVID-19 tests for residents living near one of its stores in El Paso, Texas. The new program is in partnership with Quest Diagnostics and Drone Up. The program continues through Sunday or until their COVID-19 self-testing kits run out. But, right, they're within a 1.5-mile radius. But yeah, I was going to say, it, it's single-family homes yeah. within a 1.5-mile radius. The drones drop it off in their front yard or backyard where it's clear, yeah. right? Then you take the test and you send it back. How do you send it back? Do you send it back by drone? You yeah, call yeah, the you drone stick back? it back and the, the drone just hangs out and waits for you. Oh, it does. I think. <laughs> you think, I think or you it know? Does. I, I mean, think you a... stick it up your nose and you put it right back in the drone and then the drone <laughs> takes off and takes it away. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. So, it, but yeah, I agree with you. It seems like a, like a, a kind of almost like a publicity stunt type of thing because it's very specific on 1.5 yeah. miles. And it, I, I don't know. Well, it just seems like it would take forever. Like, unless you're super high risk, maybe that would be good for those kind of those sort of situations, special use cases. Yeah. Maybe not at large. Though. It does. And I'll tell you, this morning I was talking to a principal of a very large logistics company going to get COVID tested yeah. just because they had a, a, somebody in the thing. While I was on the phone with him for about 35 minutes, he arrived at a station, went through the station, left and got his results yeah. while I was on the phone, 35 minutes. Yeah. Andrew Silver so, did that right before What the Truck, too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what, what do you need a drone for? Let's bring, yeah. let's bring Rob back up. I think we got his audio fixed. Rob, what's up, man? Hey, how you guys doing? You got me now? Yeah, yeah. I, I heard you put yourself on mute because you were afraid of the wheel. No, not at all. Not at all. I was uh, <laughs> happy to be here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. I'm a big fan of you guys. And uh, for us freight nerds, you guys are, you know, a little bit of celebrities for us. We like to watch you guys and Kevin Ooh. and... The whole group, so. Well, we were we curious. Learned. We learned. Are we going to see a silhouette behind you changing behind that, uh, what do you call it? Uh, no. A tad or something? Just, I just don't know. Covering, it's just covering, it's just protecting old junk back there, you know. Okay. All right. <laughs> anything cool back there? Anything? anything uh, uh, yeah, probably. Probably right. an old ba- uh, baby crib and stuff like that. Okay. We could start with a stupid question. What's the silliest thing you have behind that screen? Yeah. I guess you said it was a baby <laughs> crib. Well, hey, Bob, before uh, we jump in. But, I'll throw it out there. You got it. Let, let us know. Uh, 
this year's Christmas presents, but don't tell my son. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Got like a PS5 or an Xbox One X back there? Ah. No, no, no. Those are too expensive. Okay. All right. Well, I saw your I saw your post about the uh, 1900 on eBay and stuff. Oof. Yeah, no, it is expensive. But actually, I put a poll out on Twitter, and it was what is going to be harder to find on Christmas, toilet paper or the PS5? <laughs> toilet paper actually won. So, you know, you might want to go long on toilet wow. paper, hold on to it, boots, boost some no. toilet paper, then buy yeah. that PS5. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. You exactly. work at B- BWS Logistics. What's that all about? So BWS Logistics is a 3PL. We, we kind of started off specializing in beer, wine, and spirits. We have an office uh, in Napa, and we have an office in New Jersey, and I'm doing Chicago now, and uh, we, we handle all all different commodities, but uh, we do a lot of stuff with the beer, wine, and spirits industry, uh, anything from uh, spirits down out of Kentucky. Uh, we, we do consolidations out of the East Coast up to some of the various beverage companies. It's a very interesting uh, business. I wasn't part of that business. I, I, I came into this uh, with a background in uh, air freight forwarding. In my last 12 years, I was doing trade show logistics, which is what kind of put me back in the uh, operations see here for for moving freight because there's no trade shows going on i worked for a, a large company that was a contractor called ges and almost all of us got laid off so but this has been great i started here in september uh wheeling and dealing you know booking loads i did a lot of truckload while i was with ges and that's kind of what i'm doing now trying to handle uh, uh large uh, partials full truckloads flatbeds and expedited moves and that's kind of my area of expertise uh special projects and whatnot Man, a lot of people have been drinking their way through uh, quarantine, right? I, I was going to say, I bet business has been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not dog food, but I mean, the, the booze has been moving too. I bet it is. Hey, yeah. should we? We'll give you. A, we'll give you a warm up question oh. before we go there. So, okay. a producer calls. A producer calls, and you're offered a cameo role on a TV show or movie. What TV show or movie do you hope that producer is calling for you to be on? Oh, that's easy. Chicago PD. That's oh. one of the few shows I watch. Oh, I thought he was going to say what the truck. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, okay. I'm already on that. <laughs> Producer did call. That's true. All right. <laughs> he All said right. yes. <laughs> what, what show would you want to get on? I want to get, like, I if, if you're listening out there, what is it, Made in Georgia, ID Discovery? Like, one of my dreams is to get killed on, like, an ID Discovery show, like in one of those reenactments, <laughs> or in a B-horror movie. So, any who's casting for those. Ah, <laughs> What about you? You're the guy. You know, I don't, I don't know. I was trying to think of that while you were asking him that question, and I really don't have an answer off the yeah. top of my head. I would go with probably a B. I mean, I like the idea of being in a B-horror movie. That would be yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it was like Jason Kelly or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd like to be in a, you know, in a, you know, in a concert, a rock concert. Rock concert. Rock, like rock band. Rockumentary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, man, we'll, we'll, we'll get you an actual question off this, uh, this okay. wheel right now. Let's see, where, let's see where it lands on. We have some new ones on here, too, so I'm pretty excited about that. We're going to spin the right. wheel. Make the deal. Oh, here you go. What mythical creature? What mythical creature do you wish existed? Uh, boy, let's see. Um, trying to see if it would be regarding uh, a truck or not, but uh, a mythical creature. Uh, gosh, I can't even think of one. Okay. I'm, well, I, I'd go with the Yeti. What do you got? I mean, I'd go with the Yeti. Oh, the, or Yeti monster. Good, yeah. Dragon? You, they said mythical. Yeah. Oh, you, oh, you, <laughs> I, yes. don't, I don't understand. Your I don't understand your answer, my friend. <laughs> Climbing the peaks. <laughs> what about you, man? You like a good abominable snowman? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think a Yeti would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that would, that would be pretty cool. Or, or maybe dragons. Dragons would be pretty, pretty, pretty. Oh, my son loves dragons. So I'll, I'll go with yeah. dragons. Yeah. Especially the two headed, the two headed variety. Yeah. All right. Let's give him one more. Spin it for him. I'll read oh, it off because okay. you're not going to be able to read it. 
yeah. You wrote it. Look Rolling at that around spin. The, that, oh, wow. that was a That's like a, a hard right stop. There. All right. Here we go. All right. Well, it's dealer's choice. All right. So here's a pretty good one. What do you think, right? What do you think would, uh, what, here it goes. What screams I'm bad with money? What screams I'm bad with money? Uh, yeah. Can't pay the, can't pay the mortgage. Can't pay them. That tells you. Well, <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. But how would you know that unless someone told uh, you they couldn't pay their mortgage? Oh, just, uh, yeah, you're, you're, uh, well, I have a friend that buys a lot of record albums, so he buys too many albums. All right. Collecting a lot of records. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess that depends on everyone's point of view, right? It, it does. It absolutely yeah, I mean, does. I do, I, I collect records too, but this guy's gone, gone bazonkers with that. He, he probably gets three or four records a day in the mail right now. But he, he he still has money, so he should probably a bad answer. But what, what, does he belong to like Columbia House or something? Like twelve records for a no, penny? Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's Discogs. There's uh, all different places you can order from. Vinyls, uh, vinyls a big deal now. So I'm a, I'm a big vinyl guy as well. Huh? Huh? Well, you might. Uh, you know, it, it would always. I, I just think of what I cars. Yeah. Certain cars, I look at and go, what? Yeah. I mean, I, I drive it, I, you know, you see a, a, a purple PT Cruiser with the wood size, and I, I think, this person actually went and said, that's the car for me. Huh. Well, that could just be bad taste versus bad with, <laughs> well, bad it is, with but money. I mean, yeah. Bad money. I don't well, know. Car could be bad taste, correct. Shows you don't have a lot of money. Well, well, Bob, you've been a real peach, man. How do people reach out and learn more? Uh, you can reach out to me. I'm uh, A lot of people connected with me on LinkedIn and a uh, great community on there. Um, you can reach me at uh, uh, www.bws-logistics.com and look at our website there. Click on our uh, link that shows full capabilities, which will show all the different things we can do. And I'd be happy to help anybody with uh, with their freight moves. Thank you, man. Take care. Have a happy holidays. Thanks. I think there's like a full-service kitchen really behind that that screen that he has up. You think that's what I was hearing like dishes and stuff moving around, weren't you? <laughs> was he at a sushi bar? I maybe? think he was at like a sushi bar. <laughs> he just like eating <laughs> lunch there and he opened up his webcam. <laughs> I'm hiding stuff back I there. I love like, it, man. Know, that's it's... the great thing about these virtual stuff. People come in from all different locations. Hey, now we're going to play it for though. It's John Gatley of Crosstalk oh, Systems. Yeah. He's with a band called Hammer Hands. And this may be the most metal, metal video we're going to play. We'll bring him on. Then we'll get to the video. John, what's up? Much. How's it going, boys? Thanks for having me on. Hey man, where are you? Uh, where are you uh, videoing in from? Uh, at home. Took the day off work. Got uh, the wife and the kid hiding upstairs so he doesn't uh, run amok on the. On the oh, nice. <laughs> no, you. So yeah. you're with uh, Crosstalk Systems. What do you? What do you do over there? Uh, G class driver, just driving a five ton, doing deliveries. I'm mostly out of town doing um, custom kitchen cabinetry. So it's nice. Gets me out of the out of the Toronto downtown core. I did that for long enough. So. Well, yeah, people it's like, nice to get out. With all this free time that people have had in lockdown, they've been doing a ton of home improvement projects. So have you guys been very busy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stayed busy pretty much through the whole thing. And, yeah, a lot of it, home improvement stuff and delivery masks. And I guess we do a lot of stuff, all miscellaneous stuff to the warehouse, booze and lumber. But lumber was a huge thing. You couldn't even find straight lumber up here in Canada right now. There's so much, you know, home improvements going on right now. Yeah, lumber's very expensive. Yeah. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. I, I live in an apartment. I don't need to buy yeah, much lumber. Nah, no, I, I built Swing Hinge earlier in the yeah. year, and then I built the, you know, been building the Playhouse. Can you bring a picture expensive. of Swing Hinge so we can finally show the audience and I, me? I will, I will, and All I'll right. bring a picture of the Playhouse I built I'm my girls. I'm getting sick of hearing about this thing and not seeing it. All right? <laughs> like, is it. it mythical? That's the mythical animal not, I, I it, hope it exists, is, Swing I, Hinge. I trust, trust me, it, it is all too real. John, introduce <laughs> this song for us, and then we'll play the video. 
Okay, so this is uh, Do It Right off our last album. We released it in 2019 and had all sorts of high hopes for tours and fun stuff. And, well, COVID uh, put a stop to all that. But here you go. Get a chance to put it on the world there. All right, let's roll the tape. Let's Let's check it out. Wow, so I, <laughs> I think you might you might have scared some of the more domesticated people in our audience. Uh, not Vincent and I. We like we like. No, I absolutely loved it. I, I was. I, I actually went on your website before before the show and checked out a few. And I I, I got a, the ones that were listed on there. What uh, was uh, I guess the two that really drew me in were um, um, what was it um, uh, that awful sound? Yeah. And oh, yeah. Um, what was the other one? Uh, Grunge Dad, or what was it called? Dad Sludge. Yeah, Dad Sludge. <laughs> Dad Sludge. Dad that was Sludge. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a banger. I guess uh, yeah, it gets a lot of people going. Now, are you writing these? Good. Are you writing these songs in your head as as you're moving freight around? <laughs> I'm, at least the drum parts. Uh, to be honest, it's the lead guitarist who's kind of the the mastermind behind all all the music. But uh, yeah, I just I'm working on the parts. I mean, I do some of the vocals and I try to pitch in, but yeah, it's me just tapping away on the drums, banging on the steering wheel, getting the beats down. Now, I, I know a lot of metalheads and Heshers, and I think oh, a yeah. lot of people make this assumption that because you make angry-sounding music, you are an angry person. But most of these guys are like the biggest sweethearts on earth. Or are you an angry man? You know, it's funny. When I'm at home, I'm sitting listening to, like, Motown and James Brown and old Glenn Miller. But honestly, when you get on stage, I just love smashing things. It's just primal. <laughs> it's fun. It is caveman rock. Yes, you successfully scared Rhonda too, so that's that's, that's great. <laughs> and, and I think you, I, I think you hit it, John, right there. It, it's fun. It's primal. It gets your energy moving. It's more of a, a fun energy thing for me than it is an an anger thing. I, I love it when they have oh, a point to them. Hundred percent. No, yeah. I, I'm, a, I, I'm a I'm a fun loving guy, happy go lucky guy. I wish I heard uh, you know uh, uh, <laughs> the 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 dad song when I was younger because I can see my dad saying many of those lyrics to me as I was a kid, right? <laughs> hey man, so how how long's the band been together? Uh, and uh, what's the, when you guys you guys go on tour? And if you do, what, what's kind of the tour logistics? I'm curious about moving the freight that is banned uh, here. Uh, honestly, it's being on Eastern Canada. Like, there's not much through Central Canada that you can actually get to get on the West side. So for the most part, we're through Ontario and Quebec. Um, mm. We had, we had two weeks planned coming up last April, obviously before COVID hit. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, four guys in a, in a truck pulling a trailer and you hopefully find people to let you stay at their house or you drop some extra cash on hotels. But yeah, it's, it's a shame. Like it's, it's tough to get out to the West coast in Canada. So, but yeah, we had two weeks booked and we had a three day festival in Quebec and then it all fell apart. But, awesome. 
Hey, who you guys do your own artwork? It's pretty cool on the website. I thought it was pretty cool, and on that video there, it looked kind of like a a, a metal version of Gorillas video. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's actually good. I can see that. Um, yeah, my our bassist Justin does all the artwork for the T-shirts and the album artwork. That video is actually done by our friend Theo Capodistrius. He's a independent filmmaker and. Now he's getting into zines and designing tattoos, but yeah, we he spent like seven months on that video. We were pretty happy with how that one came out. Yeah, I'm digging it. So, hey, what, what's uh? I don't know. Let's spin this wheel. Let's let's give him. A yeah, oh question. yeah, wheel is stupid yeah, for right, sure. Let's, go. let's see. Let's go. I'm sure he's got great answers loaded up. Too. Oh, I bet God. this guy can riff on him. All right. Oh, good. <laughs> Terrible slogan for a freight company. Oh my goodness. Uh, Mine would be: Well, we move your freight, you wait. <laughs> it was funny it, it, actually i'll probably just give a greens here but there's a company up here that says if it's on time it's a fluke their company's fluke kind of brilliant oh yeah yeah oh, who I, is that i know that i know that slogan i have um, i see it all the time and i laugh because it's it's you know depri- self-deprivating but it's actually hilarious it's really good it, it, that is that is really good that is really good Yeah, that's more brilliant than terrible yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i like yeah. uh ser- service as slow uh, as you can stand <laughs> yeah, warming up. We're your just cold slow chain. enough that it's not going to make you really mad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll give him one other one. We'll give him. Other. Right. He might not want to diss the freight okay, community, but that, okay, that right, fluke was a good one. Ahead. All right, well, this is a good one for a metalhead, right? What would your gimmick be if you were a pro wrestler? Oh, good one. Oh, yeah, it's funny. I was just sitting there. If I, I was just thinking to myself this morning when I shaved my head down. I looked in the thing and I looked like Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> throwing the flames um, on. Maybe a big could do a moonsault. You, you can move for a big cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, these are tough. They're tough questions, man. I tell you what, I'll just, Especially. I'll be your manager. You mentioned Cave Rock, right? Oh, yeah. Like, came in. There it's, you go. It's very, there you, go. Uh, you come in with some bones and just beat the guy up and then start playing drums on his head, right? That'd be your thing with the. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, the stick would be like your foreign for? object. Yeah, it's got to be a caveman right. drummer. What, what's the clever name here? Yeah, yeah. I, I dig it. I dig it. Well, hey, man, people who want to follow your no. band, learn more about it, uh, see you do some uh, Bam Bam Bigelow moonsaults, where do they go? <laughs> uh, it's the Hammerhands, uh, hammerhands.com. We got Instagram, um, Instagram, Facebook, Bandcamp, all that good stuff. And one last thing, sorry, if you don't mind, I'm just going to kind of jump on this, but uh, I was listening to that uh, Howard Salmon interview you guys did the other day. Yeah. And I just wanted to kind of point out, honestly, that thing, it's so great that you guys are putting that out there because I've got a four-year-old boy and that just hearing that story broke my heart. And I just wanted to say, I did go on to Liam Strong and donate and I do strongly suggest all your other listeners to do so because that's incredible. Yeah, let me give you a little cowbell for, hey, for that God one. And you, some John. of our listeners did after that show. I went on the GoFundMe. I checked it out. And to you and the audience who did or you heard on, on What the Truck or you heard on Freight Waves Radio, uh, thank you so much for helping Howard out. He'll actually be, uh, be back maybe even on that holiday special to give us yeah. an update on what's going on um, with that. And also, hey, man, stay tuned to our next guest because Robert Palm from Truckers Final Mile doing a great thing, too. He's helping kids around the holidays who have lost a, uh, a parent to who's been deceased oh, on the road while trucking. So yeah. we're yeah. going to get to him, but thank Perfect. you so much for joining us today. Well, dude, thanks for having me guys. Thank thanks, you, John. So Robert Palm, everybody, you guys catch it on Monday. We talked about truckers, final mile.org uh, trucker dr- truck driver, Robert Palm. He started a charity nearly seven years ago called truckers final mile to help desperate trucking families bring their deceased loved ones home. We're often thousands of miles away when tragedy strikes. He's also uh, working on a project to help those kids get Christmas presents under their tree. 
as well as working to uh, to get a scholarship fund together. He's a veteran. He served in the 101st Airborne yeah. Division of the United States Army from 1975 to 1980, and he's been trucking for nearly 40 years. 40. So his mission is to reunite North American truck drivers and their families in a time of crisis. And if that doesn't resonate with you in 2020, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you about your blood. You're cold-blooded. Yeah, you are. I mean, even, even I mean, John, metalheads have a heart. Yeah. He was watching it. And I mean, obviously, and he's got a kid and we've talked about this before. You know, when you when we were talking about Liam, the kid with the and now this as well, you think about the kids and the loss of a parent, et cetera. It really strikes you differently when you have your own kids. Yeah. And Robert's ready. So let's bring him up. We'll talk to him about what's going on with uh, with his organization. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, you bet. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. So we gave a little bit of an intro. We sort of set the table for, for who you are and what truckersfinalmile.org is. But uh, tell us a little bit in your own words. Why did you start this organization? Well, it's a little bit of a story. You know, I've been driving a truck since 1981. I'm out in a truck right now, uh, uh, taking a little bit of time to join you gentlemen. Um, you know, as you go through a career of almost 40 years, you see things and and you experience things, and um, things stay with you as you de- develop, you know, through your career. And in 1993, my family had to go get my stepbrother that was uh, killed in a, a truck crash in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Um, in 97, the family nearly had to come and get me when I was involved in a crash in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, in 2010, my appendix ruptured while I was cruising down the the boulevard up there near St. Louis. And in 2012, I, I rescued a young lady that overturned her tanker truck in front of me. And, you know, with everything that came together and, and all that, you know, divine intervention, the, the Lord said to me, Robert, there's something else you need to be doing. And so for all of 2013, we spent a lot of time doing a research, uh, finding out what was available in the industry at the time. Um, and doing everything we needed to do to start a 501c3. And we wrote a great strategic plan with uh, several programs that we have in, in operation right now. And here we are almost seven years later. Wow, that's, that's a tremendous story. And, you know, it speaks to the fact that many of us see these things and we're aware of these these uh the, the need for help and love and assistance and for us to open up our hearts and, and our wallets, really, to help these people in, in need and, and children and like you're doing in, in the final mile here is is it's, it's amazing. But it you speak to the point that once it happens to you, that's when you really start to move to get these things done. Yeah. You know, right. and I mean, what would you say to those people that are out there that that hear it, but then they never do anything about it? Well, you know, I mean. Go ahead. Yeah, um, you know, everyone sees it. Everyone that's been out there driving for any length of time, you know, you experience things. Um, you you hear the stories on the CB radio. You see, you know, all the media in the industry talking about it. And I'm not the type of person that would just go out and say, hey, I'm going to start a charity. Um, you know, the Lord chose me, um, you know, for some reason out of all the drivers in the world and and all the people in the country and all that, he picked me to do this. And uh, I'm just following his lead. And, um, yeah, I never in, I never imagined that I'd be the guy to start a charity. Um, but but here we are. And it, 
been a great service for the industry uh, since May 1st of 2014. We've assisted in, in uh, helping to bring home, you know, 294 drivers now. Wow. Uh, we've brought wow. home. Little, little, uh, amen. Little cowbell for that. We've, we've done, uh, we've assisted in bringing home 49 drivers just in 2020 alone. In 2020, obviously, you know, with the Rona, it's, it's been a bad year. Uh, our main primary source of fundraising was the uh, industry truck shows that we attend every year. And with those canceled, you know, a, a great portion of our fundraising was lost there. The ability to go in person and thank the sponsors that, that we have it, uh, behind the organization and the potential for new sponsors to walk up to them and introduce ourselves and speak with them, those opportunities were all lost this year because of the loss of the truck shows. And now already looking at 2021, it, it looks like the same type of scenario is starting to develop uh, yeah. with the Great American Trucking Show canceling already. Yeah, Gats is, so, Gats is already canceled. Um, yeah, but Robert, yeah, let me I, Robert, let me interject for a second here. So there was a sure. story in, in May. We heard from, uh, we read a story on FreightWaves.com about St. Christopher's Truckers Relief Fund right. having trouble raising some yeah. money. So immediately yeah. we wanted to highlight that on the shows we do here at FreightWaves. And similarly, I read the same thing in the article that Clarissa Hawes had done with you. It said, you know, Truckers right. Federal and countless other charities were struggling to, to raise that money. Have you looked into the virtual event space? I know on my end, on a personal level when I read this, as soon as I read this thing, I'm like, you know what? At our own virtual events, we have to do a little bit more about bringing, um, That's bringing charity people. Because when you do go to these, when you go to the live events, right, there's always the charity booths. That's part of the experience. Right. Yes, it is. Part of that feeling good. So have you been able to communicate with any of these virtual event companies to also help you raise some funds? Well, what we're doing is this. I, I drive a truck and um, everyone in the organization is either a truck driver or a spouse of a truck driver. Um, so we know what's going on out there in the industry. It, it, it's a time thing. Um, I'm an independent contractor with Roadrunner Freight, and I got to tell you, they, they are beyond phenomenal when it comes to patience with me, um, you know, as, as far as moving the freight down the highway, because, you know, my priority is, is the families in the industry that we serve through the charity. And if I need to stop the truck to deal with that, I stop the truck and I deal with that. And Roadrunner has been beyond phenomenal in their in their understanding of patience and assistance. And um, so, yeah, there's there's everything we're trying to do to, to reach out to everyone um, and, and get the awareness out there, one, of the industry and two, of the need of the organization. Um, so, yes, we're working and looking at everything that we can look at in, in order to move forward. So, Robert, we're obviously into the holiday season here with Thanksgiving next week and, and Christmas right around the corner. And I, for one, have my house completely decorated for Christmas. I'm one of those guys who's ready for it, right, right. After, after this year. But you guys also, I mean, it's a great thing that you're doing bringing these deceased family members home for, for these families. But then there's the family that's there, the kids oftentimes. What are you guys doing there? I understand you have have uh, sleigh bells and Santa, I guess, uh, that, Ooh, to help yes. uh, those kids out during the holidays? Yes. And, and let me let me go into this a little bit here, gentlemen, because it's very, very important this year. Um, we started sleigh bells and Santa in 2015. And, and it was just, you know, we got to do something that. The children of the industry, they're the ones that are waving goodbye at the end of the driveway as we go out, you know, especially as essential uh, workers nowadays, to keep the shelves filled. 
our kids are at the end of the driveway waving goodbye. And when they know that we're on our way home, they're the ones peering out the curtains on a snowy day waiting for us to come back to the driveway. They are a forgotten segment or easily forgotten segment of this industry. You know, that that's why we go trucking. You know, we go trucking to, to feed our families and, and, and take care of our families as well as, you know, keep the, the shelves stocked. So in 2015, we figured, you know, what we want to do, we want to recognize these children and let them know, you know, they lost their mom or their dad out on the road for whatever uh, cause. And so we just started getting gifts and start distributing the gifts. And we found that what that does, it helps occupy the child for a little bit. And then it gives the surviving spouse just a few minutes, you know, to reflect. And um, as it went along, you know, last year, we all got together in the group, you know, in, in the organization. And we see, you know, there's something else we got to do. You know, when a, a driver is lost, that's a permanent thing. A driver could, in, in most situations, be the primary breadwinner. Um, the surviving spouse suddenly becomes a single parent. You know, there are dreams that are set aside. There are changes in life. It's a permanent change. So we wanted to do more. So last year, just with the donations that we had uh, for the campaign, we were able to gift, in addition to the gifts that we give, we were able to gift four children a $500 college education savings account so that these children, when they grow up, they can go to college. The family can feed that account over the course of their lifespan, and, and they could go to community college, they could go to a full, full-fledged college. So we went a little deeper into that because we want oh i think we're losing we're losing robert's signal all right we we unfortunately we lost robert's signal there but what they're doing is they're putting together the, this college fund you can find out more about it by either reading clarissa ha's article which i'll link to in the show notes on this you can get more information mm-hmm. or of course you can go to truckersfinalmile.org with the holiday season coming up they're helping uh kids and family members who've lost their fathers and mothers who are truck drivers our uh, road warriors on the uh on the road and if you can help out go over to truckersfinalmile.org thank you again robert we really appreciate Appreciate what you're doing for the industry. Yeah, absolutely. God bless you, Robert. Hope everything's okay, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get a lot of support. Yeah, you need yeah. it. He's still out there his driving too. Not only is he running this whole charity, he's still out there. As you heard from me, he's driving, and that's why we lost his signal too. He's out on the road. You know, that's sometimes right. you lose the Bluetooth. But great organization, great team. Jeff Booth, he's in the comments. He uh, he is from the comment section. He's answering the wheel of stupid questions, and you know maybe we should have <laughs> given this one to him because he says. For a pro wrestler, I'd definitely be big rig. And my finishing move would be detention time and the off the top rope on time delivery. Oh, that's not bad. I like it. Oh, yeah. A little superfly snooker on him, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, it's time for a little good news, bad news before you round us, before we round you out on this episode. The good news is you're a trucker and you finally found parking. Big issue for drivers, right? Awesome. It was on your own property. You're already home, oh, right? Even <laughs> better. I'm home. Even better. Here's the bad news. You get a $400 what? ticket. 
That's what happened to uh, Alicia Esparza, right? According to the city of Edinburgh's code of ordinance, trucks weighing over 15,000 pounds are prohibited from parking on yards, uh, public assessments, sidewalks, and unimproved streetways. So, you know, she's fighting this particular $400 ticket, but um, it is kind of tough to park a, a, a big rig in your driveway. Yeah, well, yeah, I would think so, yeah. right? Well, just p- put it out in the middle of the street. See what they say then. Yeah. <laughs> you get a $400 ticket. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you don't ruin your own lawn. You're going to have to pay for that anyway. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, so bad news here, brother. A yeah. pand- and if you haven't noticed, a pandemic is raging throughout the U.S. and the globe, canceling many people's Thanksgiving plans. Mm. This is bad news, is it yeah, not? Yeah, it is. I mean, I mean it, I'm not it, flying home for Thanksgiving this year. No, no, me, me neither. But the good news is this. Zoom is helping us virtually as virtually as they can. The company tweeted, as a thank you to our customers, we will be lifting the 40-minute limit for all meetings globally from midnight Eastern time on November 26th through 6 a.m. Eastern time on November 27th, so your family gatherings don't get cut short. Hmm. Not bad. We've been doing this. Like, so my, my, my kid, when he turned six at the end of September, we had to have his birthday because, you know, our family's in Connecticut and Boston. Yeah. We had to have his party uh, via Zoom, right? We did the cake and all that stuff that way. It's the way of the world right now. Mm-hmm. And on Thanksgiving, I imagine we're going to be popping open uh, the computer. And then my, my other kid, he turns four at the end of November. So we're going to oh. have to do it for that, too. But then we're going to drive back to Boston uh, December 16th. Then I'll be gone for a few weeks. So nice. I'm going to drive up there. But I took a poll. I took a poll on Twitter. Are you traveling to see family for Thanksgiving this year? Only 29% said yes. 67% said no. And about 3% are still undecided. And I imagine uh, a lot of moms and grandmas are calling right now to make sure you, you confirm or don't confirm those plans. But, you know, with coronavirus cases raging and being the unique year, and like, that's also why I think everyone's looking to Christmas. They're putting decorations out. They're like, you know what? Thanksgiving's fine, but let's look to Christmas. Yeah, yeah, let's bring some joy yeah. <laughs> right now. Absolutely. Well, yeah, speaking, of, it. speaking of joy and Christmas, right? Ah, good Here's segue. some good news. You're not the only one who's already decorated. Uh, so did Rockefeller at right? the Rockefeller Christmas tree in New York City. It's arrived, and it looks uh, every bit as on brand for 2020 as you can imagine. <laughs> it looked pretty bad, didn't it? Now, you told me that they were like, that they're trying to gaslight us a little bit. They're saying, no, it always looks like this, but we are so bored. That's why we're paying attention to it. Yeah, I, I, I looked into it when I saw the picture uh, of it. It was kind of ridiculous, but I, I, you know, I, I looked into it a little bit, and supposedly they always look that way, and they trim them up, and they have, they, they have to expand, and they add branches. And the only reason we're noticing it is because everybody's sitting at home not doing anything, and so they noticed it this year i don't know i mean it looks uh, uh i think we would have noticed that before i think we might like I, you know like I i'm so. from boston so i usually like when in caught like in the uh what's it called the common when they used to bring um they used to bring the christmas tree right yeah christmas i, w- I would catch that stuff you know i yeah. watch on tv it was a big tradition it would come from halifax nova scotia they got this particular tree from uh, upstate new york i believe but this isn't the only thing that happened here's the bad news mm. there was an owl there was an owl that was hitching a ride within the tree, and this owl, he's the spirit animal of 2020, this uh, owl right here. Check him out. Uh, his name is Rockefeller. Now, they nicknamed him here, but they, I guess they cut the tree down, and this owl's living inside of there. And that owl may look really small, but apparently that's just the, uh, that's the breed, right? It is a saw wet owl. Am I saying that right? W-H-E-T. Saw, saw wet, wet owl. They're the smallest right. owls. They're a small species of owl in that region. They're about the size of a soda can, so I think that is actually an adult 
owl. And they're bringing it over to uh, this place called Ravensbeard, which is a sanctuary for owls. They're nursing it back to health. Um, the center wrote, so far, so good. His eyes are bright, and he seems relatively in good condition with all that he's been through, which is traveling on the uh, – getting cut down a tree. And somehow, why didn't he abandon the tree after it got cut down? Uh, is he sleeping? Someone cut down They're my They're nocturnal. They must have started during the day. Away. I might be a little scared. I don't I mean, know. Are owls that deep of sleepers? I, I, you know, I, I'm not up on owls, but it certainly looks like something that could be the next biggest pet, doesn't it? An owl? Oh, that, like a, a little that, baby yeah, owl Yeah, a little like soda can owl? Yeah. And yeah. then, like, uh, owl food will be driving demand on... Uh, <laughs> they, yeah, mice. They said, be he's been gorging. Mice. <laughs> they said he's had plenty of appetite. He's been gorging on mice, and he's been catching up on much of your rest, so he is uh, enjoying his time. And here's the good news uh, to round that out, that when they let him go, he's not going to be able to go back to his home, but they're going to let him go on the Ravensbeard grounds, which I hear is very lovely, and we'll have plenty of new trees for him to, uh, to nest in. There or you her. go. I think it's a he, they said. Oh, all right. Yeah. It says once he recovers and can fly again, was he injured? I think so. Like I guess fall he was from injured. the tree and then maybe getting strapped down. Maybe they threw like a big net over the tree before they cut it down. <sighs> yeah. So he can't escape. Yeah. Does anyone know exactly? How does that work? How do they cut these trees down? And then an owl gets stuck in there. Is it because it's nocturnal and they did, did they, it during the day and they, they, they sleep that deep? Or is it because they threw a net? Don't we have a video of him flying it in with that helicopter? <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe he was in that with the helicopter. He didn't even know. He's like dreaming that he's flying. You know, you never like, know. Moved around. You never know. Hey, well, this isn't, uh, this isn't all the content for us. Tomorrow on Radio Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Channel 146 on your dial. We get Aaron Zelander from Schneider. I get Taylor Monks from Basic Block. And I get Jeff Bayer from Link Drive. I'm going to have some... Uh, some conversations while we'll cover the news and bring you up to date on whatever happened this week in freight. Then on Monday, Monday, we're right back at you. Same time, 12 p.m. Nick Ober, Vice President of Operations at XBO. Yeah. Nice. Drew McElroy is the co-founder and chairman of Transfix. He's going to be talking about all the holiday data numbers that they've been crunching. He'll shed some insight for us and maybe set the table for our Black Friday show, which will be on, on Friday. Nice. That yeah, sounds good. To, sounds good. Trying to get some special guests for that. Kenneth Carter III, KC3. Oh, KC3's back in the house. He's huh? going to play for right. it. He made a music what? video. He made a music video with his daughter. Submitted it to us and said, you got to come on and play it forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely he does. Yeah. Wow. All right. And then, uh, talk to him then the flyest guy on 18 wheels, trucker Freight Bambino. He's going to be joining us from the road, talking all about uh, driving through the holidays and what's new uh, on his side of the world. And, you know, he actually hooked up with Eric Serta. Eric Serta was doing his own hustle, and he made some T-shirts for the flyest guy on 18 wheels. Oh, he and did? some hats. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Now he's got his own, like, Bambino cattle company. I don't know. Nice. He's giving nice. it to his friends. I told him to send us some hats and some T-shirts, though. Yeah, I'd love to have some. Yeah. They Didn't got, they, like, Eric um, sent us shirts, right? Yeah, Eric did. He sent us those uh, Valor shirts. The Valor shirts. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Yeah, shirts. you got one. There's one on your desk, right? Yeah, I got. I wore it uh, the other day. I took it home. I oh, perfect. It. Yeah. Hey, guys, you're looking for more Freightways content, though. Look up What the Truck on your favorite podcast player of choice or, or, or look up Freightcast. You'll get every single Freightways podcast all in one convenient feed. Download Freightways TV app. Then you can watch this stuff. Apple TV, Roku, wherever you watch your stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. That is D-O-O-N-E-R. Or find me on LinkedIn. He's at Vincent the Dude or Michael Vincent on LinkedIn. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Peace and love, everybody. Yeah. Peace and love. Look out for those owls out there. Yeah, Stop for flight.